0: Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ.
1: So I feel like I know some of you just since we met at eight o'clock yesterday morning, has this not been such a special time of fellowship? Praise God. Do we have Dr. Rogers, Dr. Rogers in the house and Dr. Raven, are they in the house? Let's give them a round of applause and thank Jesus for the way that he's worked through them. It has been such a delight to get to see you and have our students here with us today and we're so glad the way that the Lord just worked out this schedule to have a two-day church refresh. This is our third year doing church refreshed, and to have this second day added on just gave us a little bit more time to get to know each other and for you all to get to meet some of our students. and. You have seen a theme that has been going on since yesterday morning, since Reverend Benny Tate came up here to this stage. The word victory has been in that theme, right? We've been learning about victory in all different situations. And here at CIU, we have five core values. Victorious Christian Living is one of them. We have prayer and faith. We have authority of scripture. We have evangelical unity, which has this not been a beautiful picture of evangelical unity. We also have world missions, and then we have Victorious Christian Living. And these five pillars or core values of CIU have been with us for 100 years. This is our 100th anniversary year, and it is such a privilege to be here with you today. And I have some friends that are gonna join me up here on stage. But I want us to look at, first, before we look at our scripture that we're going to do, I want us just to remember something that my husband and I have been reminded of since we walked on this campus in September of 1991, and that is with Victorious Christian Living. Yes, we're talking about living a victorious Christ, living a victorious life, but we're also talking about knowing who we are in Christ, John 3.30, that he must increase and that we must decrease. And so the only way to live a victorious Christian life is knowing who we are, that he is exalted, that we are not. And I'm so thankful for the humble leadership that we've had leading the school from, for these 100 years and that that has been at our core as well, that he must increase and we must decrease. So I want to um, see if we have the the seatbelts fastened up there, and we're gonna talk a little bit about chaos today, victory and chaos, and I wanna share with you a couple of years ago, I walked into the post office, which shouldn't really be a chaotic event, except that there's long lines, and you know, sometimes I don't always know which box to pick for my package, but besides that, It's a a pretty normal event to go into the post office. And I walked in the post office, and something just did not feel right. And I was in line, and I saw two women in, in front of me in the post office. And they acted like they didn't know each other, but at the same time, they kind of would catch each other's eye. And then it just started to get like a little bit strange, and I just felt like something was about to happen, I, I didn't know what, and I wasn't really afraid. Um, but then it just dawned on me, and then I just caught kind of just a little expression that they had between them, but yet they were still trying to act like they didn't, didn't know each other when they both went up to uh, two different counters. And I don't know what it was, and, and to this day I don't really understand um, but I knew that something not great was about to happen. And so I turned around and I'm in line and it was just myself and the the two women in, in front of me. And I walked out and as I walked out of the post office, there's two glass doors. So I'm heading out one glass door, coming in on the other glass door, right at that time is someone in a mask and a skeleton mask, and then had um, a skeleton alphabet. I didn't know if it was a man or woman who it was, and so obviously at that time I knew why I was leaving the chaos of that event, and I immediately dialed 911, and uh, police were there, and in a second, it was just so quick, and uh, they were, those two women, and who walked in that door were holding up the post office. Now, you would not think that there's a lot of money to be had in, in a post office, but apparently they knew, and maybe some of you who have worked in this industry, So um, I got to walk away, and I also got to know that everything was okay. But you know, there are times when we cannot walk away from our chaos. There are times when we have to live in it, and we have to look and see what's going on around us. We can't go out the glass door while chaos is coming in on the other side. I want you to just look at a scripture These seven verses with me today, Mark 4, 35 through 41. If you have it on your phones or want to look at it up on the screen. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. Probably everyone in this room has has read this before, and and if you live close by to this area, you might even think about um, that this wasn't really a sea. It was probably like Lake Murray. Um, the Sea of Galilee, which is about 14 miles wide and no, 14 miles long, seven miles wide. Lake Murray, think about that for those of you who know it, is 40 miles long, how much bigger it is, and 14 miles wide. And this is a group of people who had been worshiping with him. They had been at Church Refreshed all day long. They had been learning about Jesus and his promises. The parables, they even had alone time. They even had the workshops that went along with the church refresh. They were immersed. This was their day of prayer, but somehow they were really afraid of what was going on. And you'd think like if we would leave here today. And if we would look around us and maybe some chaos is ensuing, we hope we would remember maybe what Bishop Blue shared with us about power and victory. We would hope that we would remember what Bishop Bronner had shared with us. We hope that some of that would come back to us, right? But it didn't. They were in the storm and nothing came back to them except total fear and along with that some accusations And I don't know, how many of you here in the room, um, so when you think about turbulence, uh, and if you've flown before, how many of you can sleep through turbulence? We got some sleepers. Okay, yeah, okay, so there's some of you. I'm one of those that, that cannot sleep through turbulence. I feel like I need to... Stay awake, maybe, I don't know, help the pilot. I don't, I don't know what I think I'm gonna do. Like if I stay awake, that, that actually helps the situation. And I look over at my husband, Andy, and my husband of 35 years, and, we, and he's amazing. More than just that I admire him, that he can sleep through turbulence. But um, he is just sound asleep. And the flight attendant, and you know, they go through the aisles, and they're very intentional about it but very quiet and in case you're sleeping and you know they're not really asking a question they're telling you seatbelts fastened right seatbelts fastened and they go to each and every seat on that plane to say seatbelts fastened but you know what there was nothing that was going to give calm to those disciples that day they were so paralyzed by the fear that they had, the turbulence that was around them. And, and I'm sure some of you who have studied this passage, you know there's a unique setting of the Sea of Galilee that causes this type of storm. They don't know exactly what it was. Last week, my sister and brother-in-law, they sent me this beautiful picture. Last week, they were on the Sea of Galilee. And it's just gorgeous picture. Uh, they were leading a, a group over there um, for a tour last week. But somehow, very quickly, like chaotic situations come up, that's what was going on here. It was very quickly and they did not know how to get out of it. And when they asked that accusing question, they say to Jesus, are you going to let us drown? And I have a feeling that was a little bit more emphatic than that. And I think we've probably all asked Jesus a couple of tough questions in our time even when we have spent the day at church refreshed and even when we know and maybe some of you are really good at memorizing scripture and maybe you are even a pastor yourself and even the folks that have stood on this stage since 1960 here in this building but for a hundred years We've had people that have gotten into chaotic situations that have stood right here at the stage, and I'm gonna share about one of those that was the start of CIU, one of those chaotic situations. We've had Helen Rosevere up here, and if you have never had an opportunity to hear Helen Rosevere and her very chaotic, very tragic situation, you need to Google her, get one of her books. We've had Elizabeth Elliott. I think most of you know who Elizabeth Elliott is our own president, Robert C. C. McWilkin, who founded the school, all of them have gone through unexpected situations and the unique part of it was they were being obedient. I know that there are alumni here today that may get themselves into chaotic situations and you're being obedient. You're right where you're supposed to be. Those disciples were right where they were supposed to be. As a staff member, if you're working here, you prayed about your calling as a faculty member, as a student, you prayed over your application. But yet, and for those of you in ministry, we heard some tough stats yesterday that Barna has out, and yet, still chaos comes. So how do we have victory over that chaos? Well, we know we serve a supernatural God, right? And we know that he answers the question of, are we going to drown with a supernatural event, one of the most supernatural events in the Bible where he quiets the storm immediately. And I want to ask a few of my friends to come on up here now who have been in storms in their life, chaotic events that have happened, and just get them to... um, have an opportunity to share a little bit with you about some things that God has done in in their life. Would you please welcome with me to the stage? So we're going to begin by, if you all want to introduce
2: yourselves. All right. Um, Hi, everybody. Um, My name is Kyra Ledwell, and I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, but I do call Columbia my home. Um, Right now, I am studying um, clinical counseling. I'm in the master's program here, and I graduated in December with um, my human services um, degree.
3: Hi everyone, I'm Acacia, I'm from China, and I'm a classmate with Kara. <laughs> and I also uh, major in clinical counseling in master degree now.
4: Hi everyone, my name is Charles, Acacia's husband, and uh, we're both from China, and uh, I'm a transfer student in business program. Yeah.
1: Great. Okay, so I just have a couple of questions for you all. And I know from our friendship together that you have gone through some chaotic situations. And some of them have involved um, that you thought you were right where you were supposed to be with Jesus. So just like the disciples in the boat, we're not talking about you being far away spiritually from the Lord, but some things that came into your life. And Kyra, why don't you share with us a little bit about um, where the Lord has shown you victory in a chaotic situation?
2: Um, so, for me, um, I recently came back to school in 2020, so that, like right in the middle of the pandemic. And that enough was a lot. <laughs> um, but God called me to go back um, for a specific reason. Um, he's calling me on a mission that I have to fulfill. Um, but during that time, um, I lost my sister and I'm the youngest of three. So, or the youngest of two. So both of my siblings are with the Lord. So in the midst of that, um, just going through, um, her suddenly, you know, just passing away and then taking on her two children, my husband and I, and my parents, um, it was really, really difficult to the point where I really wanted to just drop out Um, I was in the process of thinking about, you know, I'm just going to drop out. Um, I can't do this. This is so hard. Um, But I remember I was just praying at home um, and I was just on my knees, just praying to God and just wailing. And I just asked him, like, what do you want me to do? And he told me to complete it, to finish. Um, And I was just like, Okay, God. And he also told me that she made it in. And the fact that she made it in, that comfort of knowing that my sister my sister loves Jesus, she loved Christ, and she did his work. And to know that she made it in and to have that peace that surpasses all understanding, I knew that I had to continue on. And in that process of grieving and completing papers and doing finals and trying to figure out what I'm going to do next, Um, that victory was knowing that the the children are looking to me. They're looking to me to see that example of Christ, but not only to see the example of Christ, but to know that their mother wants them to see that. And when I graduated and walked across the stage, and my nephew, he's nine, he came to me and said, I want to make my mom proud. I want to do that. And that's when I knew, I'm like, you know what? Like, this is the victory. I did it. We did it, me and my sister did it. And she would have graduated last December. So that degree was for both of us. So that was the victory in it all. Praise God, praise
1: God. Acacia, I know you've had some uh, chaotic times and and some dark times as you were trying to figure some things out in in life um, before you were coming here to America. And coming here to CIU. And so, and so your first semester, here you are at CIU, just a, a couple of weeks, right, uh, starting your master's. And we're, we're so glad you and Charles are here. And I know uh, Pastor Dan Coy has had a, a big impact, along with already so many in this auditorium, on your life. So tell us a little bit about some of the chaos you were going through and, and what was happening in your life. Um,
3: and for me, I, my darkest time for me is my graduation time after my master's degree in China. Everything looks so good, and I have fresh marriage with Charles that time, and I I, um, lived with my uh, parents and I have no pressure of my financial because it's a Chinese culture, and I have a suitable job in China. Everything looks so good, but I lose a peaceful heart. I am thinking, I I ask God why. Um, I have no church life because of the pandemic time, and actually everything looks so good, but I also have many, many bad things after it, especially for our family. Oh, we have some struggles, for our original family, and my sister also uh, has struggled in her teenage uh, age. So everything happened, and I asked God where I can go and what I can do for you. I don't want to just have the life in my comfort zone in China, yes.
1: And Acacia, I know that there were a lot of decisions that led up to you and Charles coming together here, of course, to America. And so, and Charles, you had kind of a a similar thing where a lot of good things were happening, but yet there was this not having a a peace in your heart. And um, why don't you share with us a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, I want to In the past, and especially I work as a, a marketing manager in a financial company, and then I started my own company for eight years, but I still, even though I have many, many uh, work experience, but I I can't find my passion. So I always ask God, uh, where's my passion uh, in in the future? So that's my chaotic time. Yeah.
1: And so how did you find that, what were some of the things, and I know you there were a lot of different decisions that were being made, um, and you felt like everything kind of was going your way, and, and you were being obedient to the Lord, but what were some things for the two of you that you found to be helpful um, for you to have victory during in that time?
3: Yes, and for me, I think praying helps me a lot. And I keep praying uh, in my the dark time and ask God, where is your plan for me? And then I ask God, if... America is your plan for me, and please uh, make everything so deeply for me and everything so smoothly for me. Then I um, we passed the visa interview. We chose um, uh, school, everything, very, very, very successfully. And we feel so grateful, and I know, God, it's your plan. But when we came to America last July uh, 2022, and we always finding the... Uh, the direction. And then I ask God every time when I left my house in the morning and I um pray that God please send your angel talk me with me today and please tell me where I need to do because I learning the um, English in the USC last semester. So I need to find um specific direction. Then i met Dan, the end and my angel is coming and then that's why I'm here. So now I'm um, go out of my dark time and now I know CIU is my plan, it's my victory and for this plan uh, from God for my these years in my life. Mm.
1: Yes.
4: Yeah, as for me, three years ago, God gave me the answer in my heart. Uh, yeah, three months, sorry. Yeah. And you may have many different passions in your life, but you need to establish in the kingdom of God. And if you establish a passion in the world, everything is short-lived, and only work in the Lord has an eternal passion. So right now, I think I should... Combine my business experience and do business missionary in the future. And in the past, one word in, from Bible always encouraged me a lot. From Proverbs sixteen nine, the heart of man's playing his way, but the Lord established his steps. So every time in the, the past, I try to uh, use my own ability. I try to earn money and uh, exhausted from the world, but I can't, cause um, we need to build our passion in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Thanks God. Kyra, we're gonna close with you here before I say a few more things. But uh, I know you've shared about your family and the the power of community and chaos, and um, and any closing words that you would like to, to give to us as far as some of the ways that you have felt um, peace in the midst of, of chaos, of this sudden loss in your life?
2: Um, I would definitely say um, community and relationship um, is a really um, big thing when you're going through things in life because it's always going to be something that is going to cross your path. So just making sure that you have a community building relationship with people. And I know for like a person like me, I'm very introverted. So I had to get out of my comfort zone and remind myself that it's not about me. First, it's about Christ. And second, it's about the body as a whole. And then it's me. And me contributing my gifts to my community and to the relationships that I build um, will get you through that. So that's mine. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Thank you all so much. Just go ahead and put those in there. So these are probably areas that you've identified with if you've gone through a chaotic situation, and I'm sure that there's not one of us in here that has not gone through something that has been chaotic, something that has been sudden for us. And again, not where you could walk out the glass door on the other side of the post office, but where you were obedient to the Lord. And I know for many of you who came to, to Church Refresh and for many of our students here, and just hearing about the power of prayer, the power of community, of getting together with others. But I just wanted to leave you and just wanted to talk with you for a few minutes about two questions. And you know, we talked about fastening your seatbelts because of turbulence, right? And, And it's very clear. The drink cart doesn't go down the aisle. You can't use the restroom. You sit there, and you sit there in your seatbelt. If you're like my amazing husband, you sleep. If you're like me, you're looking around and making sure everything's okay. But what about if we have victory in our chaos to the point where we are fastening our seatbelts for something exciting that the Lord has for us? You know, so many times when something happens to us, it's like, just pull it a little tighter, hope that the storm gets a little bit lighter. Instead of thinking, is this something that God has for me that number one, is chaos a time for you to fasten your seatbelt for the ride that God has for you for a new vision that he is doing in your ministry, that he's doing in a relationship, that he's doing in a calling that he has on your life. And I wanna read to you the founder of Robert C. McQuilkin, and this will be in our 100th anniversary book. And some of you may know how CIU was founded. Some of you may not. So this is our first president. I'm gonna read to you this. And again, just think about this question. Is this a time for you in your chaos that you tighten your seatbelt for the ride that God is about to have for you and that he wants to, to launch for you in your ministry, in your marketplace job, in your family, things that he wants to do for you? says, Robert C. McQuilkin was the first president, and this is just a short excerpt from our book, of Columbia International University from 1923 to 1952. In 1918, McQuilkin and his wife, Marguerite, were days away from an assignment as missionaries when the ship that was to carry them to Africa burned and sunk the day before the ship's departure. That left McQuilkin questioning God's next move for him and opened up the opportunity for McQuilkin to later accept the position to lead a new work in Columbia, South Carolina called the Southern Bible Institute. It would soon be renamed Columbia Bible College by 1994 and then Columbia International University in 1994. Now, Bob Holmes is our, our resident uh, writer, media specialist, and so he would have all of the details of this, and then Peggy Lee Manoogany as our alumni director. But I believe, and you can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, that while the ship was sinking in that port in New York, There were women here that had already begun praying. Five women that were praying. They were working and praying down in the the mills of uh, the Olympia area of Columbia, South Carolina, when that ship sunk, the timeline is is that at the same time that they were praying for a president to come. Now, this would not be easy for someone to come and start a Bible college in 1918 when this ship sunk. And if you can imagine, for those of you who have prepared to go overseas or like Acacia and Charles coming from overseas, the amount of work, those of you know when you do a summer missions trip, what, the amount of work that it takes, they were going over there and at that time you don't know if you're coming back. All of their belongings were on that boat for Robert C. and Marguerite. Everything they owned was on that boat and that was their plan. And then chaos hits, but at the same time that chaos hits, there's prayer going on for a Bible college that is needed. And then CIU was born in 1923, five years later, and we have never been the same since. And it was with that leadership moment of what happened there with women praying at the same time as tragedy being struck. A second question, so maybe this is time for you to launch a new vision. Is, there, is the seatbelts getting fastened not about fear? It's about the ride that God has, that he wants to take you on. The second question is, is chaos a time for you to fasten your seatbelt for a ride of going deeper to a place with Jesus that you haven't been before, perhaps with new partners that you haven't thought about before? And in our ministries, in our workplace, sometimes when things are going along so well, in our families... Chaos is not a part of the equation. We're not real creative all the time, are we? With the first question of with vision. But we're also not creative with with reaching out. And if you've ever lived in a place that has been away from your family, you know that there's some tough situations that you go through and you just you've got to reach out and you need community. And so that second question Are the seatbelt getting tightened for an adventure that God has for you with a partnership, with a relationship of going deeper with Him? My prayer, and I know the prayer for this whole conference, is that we would be refreshed. And a lot of times refreshment doesn't come in the status quo. It doesn't come in the same old, same old. It comes sometimes in the chaos, And it comes sometimes in the new situations that we're part of. And I pray that you can have peace in this season that he has called you to. And as many of you are currently ministering, whether in your workplace, and you are making it in an intentional role that you have, whether in the church or in your workplace, as students here at CIU, you are being very intentional. And I pray that you can fasten your seatbelts. And that you can get ready for the ride, not the turbulence, but the ride that God has prepared for you. And at this time, I'm going to ask Dr. Rogers if he'll join me on stage. I know I just want to thank you publicly. If you can come on up here with me, let's give him a hand. And I want to thank you because you have, through the years, almost what, 21 years? What a four. 24 years you've been helping students to fasten their seatbelt for the ride and now as dean of student life and all that you have done over these years as assistant to our president and now with also just giving us an opportunity to get refreshed and just want to thank you so much for that and god bless you and just a thank you from all of us here in the room
0: amen, thank you. amen.